0: Okay, turn to James chapter 5. This is our last week in James. We did it. And yet again, James doesn't hold back any punches. Did anybody read it? I'm just curious. Did anybody read it before? Yeah, Yeah? okay, I did, which is good. Um, I feel like this is kind of annoying. But uh, he doesn't hold back any punches, and he goes after, kind of like he did in chapter one, um, he kind of does this blanket overview of everything. James chapter five, he kind of brings it all to full circle and brings it to conclusion. Okay? Okay? Okay. Hello? Anybody there? (laughs) Okay. If you've missed any of these, um, I actually got an endorsement by our senior pastor this morning, (laughs) which was big. Second service, he went even another mile and told uh, told them to listen to the podcast. And I was like, "Hey, he's, and he actually listened." Can you tell we're used to people like not? Yeah, it's <laughs> a <laughs> so deeper, but um, I never know how to start these. I'm sorry, guys. Golly, we're gonna read the first six verses, and then we're gonna read. A little bit more and then we'll finish. So this is going to be kind of split into three chunks. And I always say that because if you take notes, it helps me when I'm mapping out my notes. Okay? And if you don't take notes, maybe you start. It's helped me a lot. Okay? Not because I think anything I'm saying is profound, but I believe the Holy Spirit can do something and put that on paper for you. And it just helps me remember it. Okay? Maybe we'll get some like dope branded notebooks and do raffles. (laughs) No, we won't do raffles. I'll just give them away. Okay, James chapter 5. We're just going to dive right in. I actually don't have an intro, which is really weird, but um, we're just going to dive in, okay? Verses 1 through 6 is what we're going to go through first. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Heck yeah, right there, right? Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver had have, have, how is it, Carotid? corroded? Corroded. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Corroded. And their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers who... Who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached your ears of the, have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person, and he does not resist you. So. I've never really heard a pastor preach this, so please have a little bit of grace with me, because I've never heard this sermon before. Um, but I did a study, and we're going to go after it, okay? You with me? Yeah. Is anybody feeling like they have an offended spirit tonight? Because <laughs> if you do, we'll pray for you right now, and then we'll move on, okay? Because <laughs> there's no punches that are going to be held back. This, he goes after it. You thought that was bad? Just wait for the rest, Okay. So, think of this. What will matter when Jesus returns? What will matter? And I want to hear some feedback, so have some fun with me. Why are you going to sit back there the whole time? I'm just asking. Yeah? Okay. Just didn't know if you were something. What will matter when Jesus returns? What will? Tell me. Come on. Use your mouths. Your worship. Your worship? Okay. If you know him. You know him. Who said that? Ashton? Faithfulness. Yeah. Faithfulness to him, yes? If you're saved. If you're saved? That's a good one. Yeah, that'll matter. The other side will matter too. <laughs> if you're not saved, you're like, oh, frick, I was wrong. Oopsie. <laughs> That's how I picture it going. (laughs) That's straight up all they say is just oopsie. What else? What else will matter? Good deeds? Okay, cool. What else? Uh, Relationships? Relationships. At at large, with him? Uh, At large, cool, yeah? Let's try for one more, come on. That's relationships. Don't don't cheat. <laughs> what else will matter? How much money you have? Oh. Yeah, that will. And the opposite effect though, right? It won't matter. Right? That scripture says it exclusively that your riches won't matter. Your gold and silver will be no more. They won't matter. Right? Yep. Our careers I don't think I'm going to be thinking about my career. Frankly, I'm not going to be thinking of any of you. I'm sorry, but I won't be. Jesus will be in front of me. Come on. You're like, oh, he's, he's mean. He's not very pastoral. <laughs> Shut up. That's crazy. Jesus is in front of me. I'm not thinking about anybody. I'm sorry I'm not thinking about my son. I'm thinking about the king of kings in front of me and what I can give him. Or... How unclean I feel in front of him. Right? I'm gonna be thinking of those two things realistically. Right? All of those are good things, and I, I believe that's how we're going to measure up and how our judgment's going to happen. So I don't want to completely throw them out. But all that's going to matter is him and his face. If I can even look at him. Scripture says I can't sometimes I can't even look at him because of his glory. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's all that will matter. And I feel like we've got to to come at this entire passage through that lens. When he returns, what's going to be important? Him. When Jesus comes back, won't I be just so enamored with him? I'll just be fixated on him. That's it. I hope. I won't think about any of my issues. I won't. I won't think about how am I going to pay off this credit card. I won't think about, maybe in your guys' case, how am I going to finish school. I won't think about, oh man, I was going to marry that girl, (laughs) right? Or I was going to marry that dude. I'm not going to think about any of that. And I don't think you will either. Because you'll see him and everything else will fade. Yes. As we go through these, uh, as we kind of, as I, I don't know how, what I do here. Um, As I talk through these six verses, that's what I do here. We get to see what the love of money does to us in those first six verses, right? Talks about the rich. The rich get picked on a bunch, right? Man, those stupid rich people, right? It's, It's frankly all scripture. But it's not just the rich people, it's the love of money. Do you see the difference? If you don't see the difference, you're going to be, you're just going to have a poverty spirit all your entire life. I've got to be poor in order to get closer to the Lord. It's not the case. It's where am I putting my affection? Where am I putting my trust? If I'm putting my trust in money, I trust money more than the Lord. Yes? Yeah. If I'm putting it, you get the, you get the theme. Yes? Yeah. Okay. So in these six verses, frankly, money gets picked on a lot by churches, but they still want it all, right? No? Oh, really? Lex, you're going to say that? Yeah, I know. We could plug in anything that we hold in higher regard into these six verses, right? I don't want to just focus on money. I want to focus on, okay, am I focusing on my career more than the Lord? Am I focusing on my relationships more than the Lord? Am I focusing on my, uh, my music more than the Lord? Can I focus on how do I get that girl more than the Lord? How do I, you know, all of these things... More than the Lord. And we can inject those words into this verse and it still carries the same kind of capacity. Okay? Because where my affection is is where my Lord is. Little L, Lord. Yes? yes? But if I'm completely in love and enamored with him and all that matters when he comes back is that he's back. Thank you. That's all that matters. Do you get it? Jesus tells us how worthless riches are, not the worthlessness of the rich. Did you hear it? Yeah. Jesus, uh, sorry, not Jesus. James, I guess it is by, yeah, okay. <laughs> James tells us how worthless riches are, not how worthless the rich are. I think of the man um, who finds the hidden treasure in the field. One of my favorite parables. And I, I just watched kind of a, a cheesy christian film on it just to get a kind of different different lens on it and oh my gosh it was beautiful it was beautiful cuz all that mattered was that treasure to that man let me tell you about it real quick is that okay yep. yeah i'm going to do my best okay so this man he has got a family he's got a job he's got a house he's got he's he's got it okay he's living that american dream that we call it, right and he's on for he's out for a run his the um is how this kind of little story goes. And he trips over this box of treasure. Okay. He opens the box of treasure and is blown away by what he sees in that box. It never shows us what's in the box, but he's blown away by what's in the box. He goes and runs back home right away. Okay. Tells his wife, Hey, this is what we need to do because I want what's in that box. We're going to sell our house. We're going to quit our jobs. We're going to give away everything that we have so that we can get this box. The wife is like, no way, dude. <laughs> A box? Right? That would be crazy, yes? yes? But he's like, no, I, you just come with me. I'll show you. Okay? And they keep in mind, they've got two kids at home. So the, mo- the mom and dad then go run to the box. They open the box. They look at what's in this box, and oh, my gosh, they're both blown away. Of course, right? or else it would be not a very good parable. They're blown away by what they see, and then they go back to their kids and say, okay, we're we're, we're selling everything that we have. Kids are pissed. (laughs) The kids are pissed. They're not happy about it. They're like, how could you do this to us? I like my clothes. I like my house. I like the school that I go to. I like all of these things, and they give up all of this stuff. Kids unknowingly, they don't get to see the box before they have to give up everything. It's kind of an interesting twist on the story. Then they finally give up everything. That he finally buys that field that that box is in, and then guess what? The kids finally get to see it, and everything changes. Yes. I want to look at all of this through that lens. Is he worth everything? Yes. Is he? If he's not okay, tell him what he's not worth and see what he does with that. He's a big God. He can take a couple of your punches. He's, he'll be okay. Okay? I want to add an urgency around what we're valuing and what he values. I might value something very, very different than what Nikki values. Does that make Nikki wrong? No. Does it make me wrong? No. It's just different. But what me and Nikki have in common is that both of us are in full pursuit of the Lord. Okay, And I could say that for Nikki because I know her well enough. Okay, We're in full pursuit of the Lord. That means things look differently than they did last year. Things look differently in my life than they did last year. The way I look at my finances look d- different than I did last year. The way I look at my job looks different because, again, you know, I'm not full-time here. The way I look at my job looks different than it did last year because guess what he's doing? He's saying, I want to increase my value in your life. And I believe he wants to invite you into that same reality today. There's two types of riches. There's earthly possessions and there's kingdom offerings. Yes? We don't get to cast crowns at his feet and crown him if there's no kingdom kind of possessions. Yes? Right? Store up your treasures in heaven, brother. Right? We've heard that tossed around before. Yes? Okay. So there's two different types. How many of you know that what you accumulate here, you can't take with you? Yeah. Unless you're buried with it, of course. Right? Then it all, no, no, no. That doesn't work. Right? What am I saying? Well, I'll be careful here. I'm not telling you to save or not to save, but what I'm telling you is hold it loosely, okay? I'm not telling you to be reckless and spend every single dime that comes into your storehouse. What I am saying is he gave it to you, so hold it loosely, okay? Yes? That's not just money, but that's everything. Whether it's a gifting in music, hold it loosely because he gave it to you, he can It's his. Yes? Yes. Your relationships, hold them loosely because they're his. He set them up. All of that kind of stuff, your career, all of these things, your kids, all of these things, hold them loosely. Right? I'm tempted every single day to live my life for Miller, my son. Right? Everything that I do has to be for Miller. I'm tempted by that constantly. Why? Why? because I wanna be a good father to my son. <laughs> is that bad of me? <laughs> well, not inherently bad, but it is bad in, in, because if I'm, not do, if I'm not raising him unto the Lord, I'm raising him unto nothing. Sure. If you're not giving your money unto the Lord, you're giving it unto nothing. If you're, you get the point, yes? How many, uh, do I need to riff on this more? No, you, you get it? Like, I need to hold everything in my life loosely because it's his blessing. I don't have it without him. The world would stop without him. Maybe our focus should not be on what I can store here, but what can I store up for him? Um, a love for anything except for God will make you oppress others in order to get more. The love for God will make you exalt and edify others in order to get more of Him. Yeah? do You see the differences there? No? Uh-oh. Were you not listening? Maybe. Okay. Let me say it again. Okay. The love for anything except for God will make you oppress others in order to get more. Here. Yes? But, on the flip side, the love for God will make you exalt and edify others before yourself in order to get more of him, right? Because James has talked a lot about the law of love, the law, the royal law, all of these things of love others, love yourself, all of these things, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, all of these things tied up into one, which means that if I can put him at the top, I guess what? You guys will get to benefit. If Keelan puts him at the top, everybody in this room will get to benefit. You get that? Isn't that a beautiful picture of the kingdom? Yeah. Oh, it's just glorious, actually. It's reality. Then verse 6, I want to get to verse 6, is almost a warning to all Christians who are tempted to accept worldly standards rather than God's standards, Okay. This is also which is kind of interesting an encouragement to those who are oppressed by the rich. Okay? So we're going to do a both in. I want to re- who can reread verse 6 for me so I can take a drink. Hurry? Mickey, thank you. Loud? You are condemned and murdered. My first question is, does anybody's translation say something different than righteous man? What does it say? Innocent one. innocent one. Cool. Does yours say innocent one as well, Casey? Um, mine says the just. The just. Okay, cool. That's interesting. What translation is that? Uh, New King, New King James. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're kind of holy. <laughs> Take it easy on us. <laughs> Anybody else? Something different? Good people? Are you reading out of the Passion? ERV? E-R-V? What is that? Easy to, read Easy to read version. Okay. I didn't know that was a thing. That's the one you have? Good people, as it says? Huh. Interesting. Any others? No? Righteous man. So I, I first wanted to, I, we kind of saw a cool picture of what that all can mean by different people's perspectives on it, right? Of course, ESV is probably the most Accurate. <laughs> yeah. Thanks you, for laughing. You're what? Do you? Hey. Thank you. Do, you. do you read Greek? I mean, I'm taking classes. I was just saying that's the most accurate. Yeah. I want stuff. I, I, that's what I've found, right? And then NASB is pretty close to it. ESB is a very word for word translation. So yeah. It's NASB. I use ESB. Also, there's more words in Greek than there are in English. Yeah, many more. There's like 12 different kinds of love, and English only has one love. It's true. One love. (laughs) Okay, righteous man. Here's what I'm getting at. Is the righteous man equals a defenseless person or a poor laborer? Okay. What? You act like I just pulled that out of my butt and just, here you go. <laughs> I'm going to keep on going. Okay? Based on my study for <laughs> Benji the doubter, righteous man, as I studied, is a defenseless person or a poor laborer. The poor in these times, it's actually kind of sad. Uh, usually the poor were, were um, defined by the amount of debt that they had. Okay? maybe american culture should grab grab onto this maybe a little bit but hey we won't talk about that but a, <laughs> a poor a poor person in those times were were defined by their debt okay and when a rich person would come and see a poor person they would take advantage of that situation because they were usually owed the debt are you tracking with me so then what would take place is this person this poor person would get exploited They would get sold. They would get sold into slavery. They'd have to sell family members in order to get them out of this debt. But they're called a righteous person in Scripture, right? Hmm, interesting. Why are they called righteous people? Because this sounds really grim and slimy. Sounds nasty, right? They were forced to sell family members and all possessions, so they didn't have anything to their name to pay off debts. And then the scripture says, you have put them to death. You have put to death the righteous man. He takes it up a whole nother notch of talking about this rich spirit. Let me just call it that, okay? This, this rich spirit of thinking of who can I take advantage to get mine? That kind of thinking, Yes. Has anybody been tempted by that? No? Good job. Protect yourself from that, okay? But it's interesting they were called righteous because of what? I'm glad you asked. They were called righteous because they held their, their relationship and intensity of affection to the Lord above everything else. Yes? Yeah, they were downtrodden. They were not in a good place, but man, they hung and clung to the word. Yes, isn't that beautiful? Even when they were getting taken advantage of, even when they they were having to sell family members into slavery, even when. They were doing all of these, uh, the the rich were doing all of these things to exploit them. They still stood firm. Hoarding money and exploiting employees and living self-indulgent lifestyles never escapes from God's notice. Ever, ever, never, ever. Never, not once. Do you hear me? Yes. What I'm inviting you into in these six verses is we need to be aware of the Holy Spirit's leading With all of our possessions money career lifestyle all of it yes we have to hold it loosely we have to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing and I'm saying I like I'll say it again saving money is not a bad thing but remember he's the one who gave it to me so I have to hold it loosely okay If the Lord puts a need on your, sorry, if the Lord puts a need on your life, if the Lord puts a need in front of you and you have it, be obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading. Did you hear me? Whether it's financial, whether it's, hey, I see that you need a job, whatever it might be. Okay? Okay. All that makes sense? If it didn't, we're going to keep on going. Um, 7 through 16. Ready? Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Be patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged and behold, the is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. Oh, that's good news, yes? You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have even seen the purpose of the Lord and how the Lord is compassionate and how he's merciful. Verse 12, but above all, my brothers, Do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. That's a great verse. A lot of people take that one out of context, though, so I'll make sure that I spend some time on it. Verse 13, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the, uh, sorry, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Good news? Verse 16. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. That's pretty good, pretty good chunk of Scripture, right? That's one that you should probably keep in your back pocket, you know? That's one that, all right, that James 7 through whatever it was is really, you know, nice, you know? Keep that in your back pocket. Um, and I love... I love how this correlates to um, when David strengthened himself in the Lord. Do you guys, have, have any of you heard that before? In 1 Samuel 30, uh, verses 6-ish, <laughs> I wrote it down but forgot. 1 Samuel 30, David is about to get stoned. People are coming after him. All things are going to stuff in a handbasket. Yes? Hell in a handbasket. And then what does David do? He strengthens himself in the Lord. This is a beautiful picture of what James is talking about here, where we need to be patient. How many of you know that Jesus isn't a microwave? (laughs) He's a slow cooker, man. There's some moments where he can be quick, quick in action in our time thinking. Yes? But most of the times he is saying, hey, strengthen yourself in me. Be patient and watch me establish my kingdom in the area of your life. Yes? Some of us are so, so just like, I want it now. Screw it all. I want it all right now. Pump the brakes. Remember, God does not work for me. I work for him. Yes? Strengthening ourselves in the Lord is a beautiful thing. We might loop back down, back to that, but I want to talk about the farmer and the sower that it highlights at the beginning of that, okay? Has anybody ever planted a garden? How'd it go? (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Frick, maybe I'm bad at it. How was yours? What? What did we do wrong? Uh, well, at our old house, at our old house, Ashton, you remember our old house, and Benji, you do too. It was a beautiful house, wonderful house. They just wouldn't let us buy it. You remember it too, sorry, Keelan. And uh, there was a barn in the back, and there was—it uh, was horse property. It was gorgeous. It was on like four acres or something like that. It was gorgeous. Three. <laughs> Three, we didn't have horses. We didn't have chickens. We didn't have goats. We didn't have any of the fun stuff. Our neighbors did. But this pasture kind of thing in the back of the barn was all good stuff. You know, the horses pooped there a lot. The old horses, not our horses. They pooped there a lot. and You know, that's good for plants. Yep. Yeah? Okay, good. I'm doing good so far. <laughs> that's what at least I thought. So it was not in good shape when we took over this and i'll be quick with this story cuz it doesn't really matter but it was not in good shape when we first took took kind of it over so we we mowed it all down got it all level tilled the crap out of it got all the stuff all all worked up built some boxes got it all ready bought some new soil all of that stuff and then we finally planted okay we planted a lot of things i made like a powerpoint on where all of the stuff was. We were in, dude. I was like, the world's going to end. No, it wasn't like that. (laughs) I would have gotten chickens if I But what I'm saying is uh, I I wasn't good at it. I'll speak for myself. I was not good at it. She had a very good routine. My wife, Madison, had a very good routine of watering and singing over the plants. (laughs) She even dressed up as Mary Poppins. And it was super weird. But um, you know, you read stories that you sing to plants, they grow better, you know. okay. (laughs) But I bring this up because I was like, okay, this should be pretty quick. And it wasn't. Wasn't quick at all. And it was even more frustrating because I couldn't tell if it were actually a sprout from the plant or if it were a weed. So we got super confused and started watering weeds. And we're like, maybe that's carrot, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And I'm saying all of that is because a lot of growth starts under the surface. And if we're not patient, we'll always choke it out. Okay? That was pretty good. That was a good transition. (laughs) You were like, wow, that was actually pretty good, Lex. Okay? But like, do you hear me? The Lord, he, he gave a parable of the soils, correct? Do you remember this parable? Lovely parable. We'll talk about it in the future. Um, and he, gave, he mapped out all of these different things. And there was one, the most important one, good soil, which we thought we created, right? So I was like, cool, this is going to be easy, right? Because I don't have farming skills. All I have is scripture skills. So I thought, wow, good soil, good plants, going to be easy. It wasn't because I was impatient. The Lord is doing something in you, whether you like it or not. Everybody. He's doing something in you, whether you like it or not. It's just a matter of, are you willing to be patient to see the fruit of his labor? Are you? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Or am I thinking I'm going to come to a Sunday night at Alabaster and I'm going to worship in hopes of receiving something in worship and I'm going to leave bummed out because I didn't get that thing. I'm sorry, you weren't patient. You didn't sit at his feet. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. Whoopsie. (laughs) We've got to learn how to be patient and say, I'm just going to sit at your feet. I don't care how much fertilizer you feel like you need to throw down, how much of this you need to do, how much running around your planter boxes you need to do. You just sometimes need to shut up and sit down and sit at his feet. Be patient. Yes? Something that we've lost a lot in our culture is just being patient, right? Sometimes, man... I can I can feel it in the room sometimes when we do that little transition time and it gets quiet and we put on the instrumental music, I feel the antsiness. It's like, how long is he gonna do this? As long as it takes. Because that is just as much for me as it is for you, right? Has anybody tried to lead worship and then preach after? It's not as easy as I make it look. I'm just joking. I'm not just joking. <laughs> So needless to say, our garden completely failed because of me. I wasn't patient enough. There was some little, little dinky tomatoes that we got, and yippee. Oh, we did get the zucchini. Because it grew on the, it grew on the outside, right? So I could see it, yeah. So many of us think that the harvest is going to be quicker than we think. The Lord has planted things in us that if we pull out of the ground too fast, we'll never see the true harvest. I've heard this a lot this week, and some of you are in the room who have said it to me, so don't get offended. The Lord isn't working fast enough, or the Lord isn't speaking to me. Has anybody ever said that? The Lord's silent. Why is he so quiet? Yeah, I get it. What's the last thing he said? Think of it right now. Let's just, let's just pause for a second. What's the last thing he said over your life? Have you been obedient to that? Because maybe he's not speaking until you're obedient to that thing first. You haven't done his work yet. The crazy thing is, is we think we're, let me say it differently. We're so entitled we can't be patient on him, but when he is so patient over us. Right? Think of it. The Lord has said something over all of you. I know it. Whether you were listening or not. He said something over your life. Have you been obedient to that thing yet? That's the question. I believe that once we're obedient, he's going to continue to speak. For obedient, keep on speaking. It's a currency. My obedience moves mountains. My obedience, my willingness and spirit does all sorts of things to, to, um, to move forward the kingdom of God. Yeah. Every single time. Every single time. So if he's quiet, remind yourself of the last thing that he spoke over your life. And then do it. Strength. That's it's exactly strengthening yourself in the Lord is exactly this. It's hanging on every single word He said. Man, do we take for granted what the Lord says? Yeah. Don't we? We take for granted. Man, He gave us the keys to the kingdom, and we're still lost. What? How is it that Christians are the most lost people? <laughs> That's not supposed to be the way it is. We're supposed to be the thriving ones. We're supposed to be the ones who have got an in spirit to the Lord. We're not supposed to be the confused ones. Yes? Yeah. I hear more Christians being lost than the world. <laughs> They're at least bought into something. And we're just like, well, what's this like? Come on. Like, come on, right? Yes. Okay. Maybe he isn't speaking because you weren't obedient to the last thing he said to you. We need to be a people who stop complaining about stuff that is our own lack. Right? I think verse 12 is one that's worth highlighting. Right? Verse 12, I told you I was going to highlight it. May your yes be yes and your no be no. speaks for itself, yes? First thing that pops into my head is if I'm a person of reputation of exaggerating or lying or you know any of that kind of stuff. I can't be like that anymore when I'm a Christian. Okay? You can't keep on bending the truth or exaggerating the truth or making it sound prettier than it actually was. <laughs> okay? Hello? Okay? All right. Christians need to be Christians need to hold true to an honesty so that others can take us at our word. Yeah. We need to avoid lies. We need to avoid half-slash-partial truths. We need to, <laughs> we need to avoid omissions of truth <laughs> and be known as a trustworthy people, it's honest people. May our yes truly mean yes. Right? Yeah. Not our <laughs> maybe or sure but a yes. If he's saying yes and amen to all things, we should say yes to him. Yes? Does that make sense? And then verse 13, which I think is the, my favorite part of this entire chapter, is like, this just puts it so plainly, and man, I wish I wrote this. Do you ever have those moments when you read scripture, like, man, I wish I wrote that, that'd be dope but here it is. Here's my summary of verse 13. If anyone among you is suffering, then he must pray. If anyone among you is cheerful, then he is to sing praises. If anyone among you is sick, then call the elders of the church for them to pray and anoint with oil in Jesus' name. Okay. Pretty good summary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Let me tell you why. When people ask me for prayer, and I'll be careful, I promise, Madison, when people come and ask me for prayer and they tell me about whatever they're going through and, oh man, Lex, I'm going through this, that, the other, my response nine times out of 10 is, what are you praying for? Because I'll piggyback on top of that. Why do I say that? Well, because if they're not praying, why should I? Yes? If you're not willing to pray for your own situation and circumstance, why are you asking me to if you're not even willing to do it? But Lex, you're a pastor, so you carry a little bit extra gusto. Nope, I don't. (laughs) I'm just a human, and I'm lucky, right? I will always ask if Madison comes to me and says, hey, I've got a raging headache. Ah, that's healing. Hold on. Hey, Lex, I, I, uh, I had a bad day at work. Right? She says, can you just pray for tomorrow for my workday? Okay? I'm just giving you an example so you'll get the full picture of what I'm saying. I'm going to say, what are you praying for? She'll tell me what she's praying for so then I can go alongside that prayer in unison. Yes? Do you get what I'm saying? If you just want prayer for the sake of prayer so that somebody can hear your sob story, don't come to me for prayer. I'm not a certified counselor. I'm not. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah. So same thing with if somebody, what was the verse? If someone among you is cheerful let them sing praises. If they come to me telling me how, what an uh, incredible thing that just happened to them and they're not excited about it, why should I be? Do you get it? Right? If you tell me how great of an experience you had at a conference, but you don't tell me anything about Jesus and you're still cheerful about it, I'm sorry. Why should I be? Tell me about Jesus, and I promise you I'll praise right along with you. Do you get it? Yes. Same thing if you're needing healing. This is where it gets a little bit more dicey, right? It's like, oh, Alexis, you're just going to go down this path. Yeah, I am. If I'm a person who believes in healing, then, man, I better talk about it. If anyone among you is sick, let them call the church elders, for them to pray, and anoint with oil. If you just prayer. what am I supposed to do? Do you get it? Yeah. This isn't fun. I, I get it. And remember, if you have your offended spirit, just shoo it away. But I, I, I wish you could enter into my brain because it sounds so good in my brain. Does it make sense? Because I don't want this to be taken out of context, because some of you guys will. (laughs) I want to partner with you. Yes? Just like you want to partner with each other. Just like any pastor wants to partner with others. I don't want to be your sounding board. And I'm not going to be like, oh, bless your heart. I'm never going to be that guy. And I don't think you should be either. I don't. I think you should say, hey, do you want prayer? Great. What do you want me to pray for you over? What are you praying so I can join you in prayer? That is the kind of stuff that moves the Lord's heart. That's the kind of stuff when a group of people get united around something moves the Lord. Yes, yes. Let me, let me go, uh, go a step further. Unity is a beautiful, beautiful thing when it's in tune with what the Lord is doing. Do you get it? Yes. Remember Pentecost? Uh-oh. Do we remember Pentecost? Yes. Are we Pentecostal in this room or no? Okay, golly. Pentecost was crazy. Why? Because everybody was united under one purpose and they were all saying the same thing to the Lord. I'm sorry, but Peter wasn't saying something different than John. They were all in unity. Do you get it? Because if you grab this, I guarantee, I guarantee that we'll see situations and circumstances start to fade. I guarantee that the sick will be healed. I guarantee that we will have an atmosphere of celebration of what the Lord has done. I guarantee it. If we grab this, just in this room with these, whatever, 15, 20 people in this room, if we grab this, I guarantee, I guarantee, because I've seen it before, that the Holy Spirit will move in such a way that you will be like, I have no other reason to live but for him. Don't you want that? Or are you just like, screw it, I'm just here. Lex, I'm just here. Just let me be here. No, I'm, I've been called to higher things, so therefore you get to be called to higher things. That's it. Do you get it? You need to be joining with somebody. Not filling, there's a, there's a moment for intercession. I get that. But there's also a moment for locking arms with the person who needs the move of God and saying, I'm going to pray exactly what you're praying because I don't want to pray for something that you don't want. Do you get it? Yes, there is a side of, well, I don't know if we should pray that. Yeah, there's some things you shouldn't pray, but I hope you get my point. Yes. Yes? Yes. If you aren't willing to pray for yourself, why should anybody else? If you aren't willing to... If you aren't willing to celebrate a breakthrough, or sorry, if you're asking me to celebrate a breakthrough, but you aren't celebrating it, I'll probably challenge the, the validity of it. Think of it this way. If someone comes to you with an addictions but ta- refuses to take steps forward away from them. Why should I waste my time and breath? I still care. Still love you, right? But if you're not willing to take steps forward, just like if you come telling me that you were set free of something and you're not telling me about the Lord, but what, what the conference did for you, I'm not going to join that celebration. I'm not. This goes back to holding ourselves to a trustworthy standard. If you're sick and not asking for prayer, why should anyone care? Yes? Or maybe even said differently, how should anybody know? Let's reread verses 15 and 16. And as we reread it, let's take it at its word, okay? And you might think that I'm crazy for what is about to follow this, but I really believe what I'm about to say, okay? 15 and 16. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. That should excite you. That should do something in you or should scare the living crap out of you. Let me tell you why. It was super convicting me. The effective prayer of a righteous person can accomplish much. Uh-oh. And the way I read scripture is usually I think of the opposite right away. <laughs> it's probably bad of me, so deeper, but hey, that's okay. I think of, man, the prayer of a non-righteous person is not effective. Right? I know that's black and white of me. So is James saying that all prayers of healing spoken by a person of faith will become manifest? So what he's saying or is that just the times that this was written? I've heard, I've heard both sides, right? You have too. You guys are all like on the edge of your seats. I feel it like waiting. This is intense, right? This puts a little bit of pressure. This is a challenge to all of us who call and identify as Christians. Yes? tough because that means faith is the currency that's being transacted here, right? If I can use that language. A prayer of a righteous person has great effect. And James even says in verse 15, he kicks it off. I just want to read it again. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And I know translations say this very, very differently. Will save the one. Will heal the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise them up. This is intense, right? So here's where I land, for all it's worth. And again, what are you? Adults. Right? So you get to take this for what you think it is and what the Holy Spirit leads you in. Here's what the Holy Spirit's led me in. Are you ready? I personally have prayed full of faith for somebody to be healed and they've not been healed. What I thought was full of faith. Yes? I'll put that little caveat on there. I've also prayed with no faith for a person and they were not healed. I've also prayed full of faith and I've seen somebody healed. Multiples, actually. But I've also come with no faith and seen somebody healed. Like, there's no way the Lord can do this kind of thoughts as I was going up and stepping up to the plate. So what am I getting at? I may have, I personally may have all the faith in the world, but if they don't, I don't think it will happen. and vice versa. I could come barren, <laughs> no faith at all, and the person coming to me for prayer could have just oozing faith, and I'd actually probably be a hindrance to them. Did you hear me? Me personally, I know, you're a pastor. I'm sorry, but I would. Steve asked me today, our, Pastor Steve, our youth pastor, asked me today, Lex, are you kind of one of those faith people, or where, where do you land? I'm like, huh? there's some things I have just crazy faith for, and there's other things that I'm just like, that's a big mountain, dude. Anybody resonate with this? Yes? Okay. I get it. That's, that's something I'm working on in my spirit, and I want to invite you into. I, and the Lord invited me into it late last year when a tragedy happened in my family, and he said, Lex, stop marveling at the mountain. Like stop marveling at the mountains. You need to start looking at me. How many of you know that... How many of you know that faith can move mountains? But man, like, who's seen a mountain move lately? Right? Yeah? Good. There's some people who have. And that's great. But most of us are like, well... The one I'm looking at hasn't moved. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So here's what I believe. If we are a people full of faith, I believe that we will see more miracles, healings, financial breakthrough, all things above. If Christian is asking for faith, (laughs) if Christian is asking for prayer and he's full of faith, And he's asking me, who's also full in faith in that area, I guarantee we'll see it happen. The thing is, we have to remember what James previously spoke is be patient. Just because we're not seeing it in our microwave oven oven Christianity does not mean that he hasn't planted something. And right away, when it doesn't happen immediately, you're ripping that seed out of the ground and saying it's not going to happen. Do you hear me? We need to say, I, and here's something my dad taught me long, long, long ago. And I wasn't supposed to get into this until the next passages, but whatever. Here's something my dad taught me a long time ago was the acronym. There's that word. I couldn't remember it as I was writing my notes. Acronym of PUSH. Has anybody heard this? Really? Oh, man, that's so cool. I get to tell you. PUSH. PRAY. Careful. PRAY until something happens simple yes and I grew up Baptist baby and he taught me that dude I didn't get it until now yes do you get it if I come full of faith and Christian comes full of faith and we don't see it right away guess what our responsibility is to keep on going baby yes I can't just say oh well poo poo me (laughs) <laughs> I'll just go sit here with my thumb up my butt and do nothing. Come on, we've got to do something. We have to partner with him. Yes? Yeah. Did you know that he invites us into co-laborship for that exact reason? Yeah. The cool thing is verses 17 through 20 talks about co-laborship. Talks exactly about it. I'm not going to read it because we got to wrap up. Yeah? Uh, 7.30? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to read it, but it talks about Elijah prayed for the skies to not rain. Yes? Prayed and prayed, don't rain, don't rain, don't rain. Kept on going every single day. Don't rain, don't rain, don't rain. Yes? And then what? Then he prayed one more time and said, open it up, Lord. Guess what he did? Boom, he opened it up and it started to rain. Yes? This is what persistent prayer does. I've I've told some of you in the room that I want to be a person remembered for the guy who annoyed the Lord with his prayers. (laughs) I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy who thinks of the Lord in the morning, thinks thinks of the Lord all day, prays without ceasing, that I offer myself as an aroma to the Lord of prayer. Yes? When somebody asks for prayer for me, it doesn't just happen once. I write it down in a notebook and I keep on going until I see it happen. Take that posture with me. Because so many of us, if it doesn't happen right away, it's not going to happen. And then guess what? We start mending and bending a theology to fit that life experience. And then how corrupt are we? How heretical is our theology when, oh, well, the Lord just doesn't heal anymore today. Idiot. That is so stupid. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard then you can't believe anything that the Bible says. Because then it all goes out the window. If some of it's not true, then all of it can be not true. Idiot! I'm sorry, I'd say it to their face too. I have. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I don't believe in healing. Why? Oh, I just don't believe it. I never see it. My Okay, great. <laughs> Duh. Duh. You're never gonna see something you don't actually want. You're never gonna see something that you don't go after, that you don't long for, that you don't pray for. Whatever if you were to take a posture tonight for the rest of your life and say, okay, whenever I hear a prayer request, I'm going after that thing forever until I see it happen. Even if I never see them again in my entire life, I'm gonna add it to my list. So then I will know that it's being covered. Until the Lord tells me I can stop. (laughs) I want to align my heartbeat with his heartbeat. I want to align my thoughts with his thoughts. Do you get me? Because I believe if we grab this, I believe we will see more of him. Every single time. Every single time. How many of you want to see more of the Lord? Good. All right. You're in good company. Yes? Yes. Pray until something happens. Wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you want somebody to join you in that? Because I believe that the words that James speaks, that a prayer full of faith will become manifest, will come to fruition, they will be healed. I believe that. But we need to take a posture of believing that with the lens of it might not happen right away, but I'm going to continue to believe for that. Yes? It sounds pretty cool. And the cool thing is it's truth. It's not just like a good idea. If we co-labor with him, I guarantee we will see the heavens open up. Do you get it? Like really, really get it? (laughs) <laughs> Even if you get it to this point of pray until something happens, I guarantee you'll see move, mountains move. Yes? yes? I've seen it so many times in my life. I could tell you testimony after testimony, but it's not worth it. <laughs> right? I mean, they're cool stories. I've seen it all the time. But I want you guys to experience them firsthand so that you get to fill the room with testimonies. Aren't you sick of hearing about wine? Get your own, right? (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool? Get your own. Watch how the Lord shows up. Watch Him. But we also need to be be a people going all the way to the top, holding everything loosely. Yes? If we hold everything loosely, (laughs) He can use anything He wants. Every resource is at his dispense. All of my money is his money. It's all his. I don't care about it. It's all his. All of my career, the only reason I have it is because of him. That's it. The place you are today in your life, the good stuff is because of him. Bad stuff is probably because of you. (laughs) Sorry. Right? Do you get it? I think that's all I got <laughs> no, it's okay gotta stop getting me all fired up with these stuff you know yeah. well that's James five uh that's that's the book that's of James. James you did it you all did it if you missed any of them seriously go find us on the, the podcast thing go listen to them if you need to remind yourself of something, if you're feeling lacking in faith, this one will get posted on Wednesday. <laughs> Listen to it again. Fast forward, like, probably hour <laughs> in, you know. <laughs> What's funny is uh, our senior pastor was saying, hey, I, I listened to your James 3 one. I didn't quite finish it because it's pretty long. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. What? No. No. As you can tell, I don't really care about a schedule, but I want to honor your guys' time. Okay. Um, who's who's full of faith? Who wants to pray for us? Anybody? Anybody feeling some gusto in them? I'm great at praying. Are you? No. Okay. <laughs> Benji? Okay. You, you want to? Thank you. If you would, put yourself in a posture of receiving, okay? What's that? Just putting your hands out like a gift, okay? Go ahead. Lord, you are so much more powerful and you work in such mighty ways uh, that we can't even comprehend. Father, I ask you would just give us the faith to believe, or the faith to believe you at your word, the faith to believe that you bring healing, the faith to believe that something will happen. Lord, I ask you would just instill in us a persistent prayer life persistent faith. Um, Lord, help us just to believe in your power and just to trust in you with all of our heart, truly. Mm. Holy Spirit, as we go throughout our week, I ask you would just remind us of this. I ask you would grow us in this, Lord, and that you'd be faithful to fill the space that we create. Mm. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you feel like you lack faith, ask him for more. Faith is an entrustment according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's actually a gift of the Spirit. So if you lack it, ask Him for more. Okay? Cool? Love you. So good.